Hello and welcome to the Monocle Summer Series. This is edition four. I think uh, if you've been following us, uh, ladies and gentlemen, you know it's 45 minutes of sunny, seasonal, hopefully smart discussion. We've got some chilled drinks today uh, and some live music as well. I'm happy to say we're, we're still in London, very balmy London. Andrew Tuck is here. Robert Bound uh, is here. I can't believe we've come to the end of the series, gentlemen. I know. It's what been, are we going to do? It's been a, a fun roller coaster. I don't. We'll, we'll have to, well, as you said, we're going to have to get the band back. Was that your? That was riding Eurostar, wasn't it? Back and forth between here and Paris, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I feel like it's been a diving board. <laughs> Could, that, the temperature that as well. in London at the moment, where we're recording the program. I mean, it's living up to the name Summer Series, and we start with we're sort of ending on a high. Yes, almost forty degrees. <laughs> it's, it's true. Anyway, yeah. as I said, um, there's going to be uh, good good bevies, and, and well, actually, maybe Andrew, you, you can tell us what's coming up. In fact, well, today the broadcaster and drinks expert Neil Ridley will be on hand for some summer cocktails, and we will meet the restaurateur Melanie Arnold, and we'll also meet the two men behind one of Europe's best music festivals, Primavera. Yeah, and and, and we should probably add um, that probably some people who are listening, and we've had some snippets, um, of course, from a conference um, in in Madrid. One of them was uh, was headlining with you, Robert Bound wasn't he? That was me in the Hawaiian shirt. Daniel Fletcher in the blazer. <laughs> but we're going to try and get him to kind of shuffle that off his shoulders. We've got a musical act booked who we think are going to get him kind of tapping his foot at least. And they are a wonderful uh, duo from North London called Ida. They've just released their brand new album, Emotional Education. Very well reviewed in all quarters. Should we crank out our first uh, I'm, I'm all, Andrew, you all set? Buckle I'm ready. Up, I'm up. ready. I'm ready. <laughs> all right, then here they are with You've Got Your Whole Life Ahead of You, Baby.
faked it Should I be changing it now or am I too late? Could just be me or maybe our generation Still they say be patient It's all meant to be You've got your whole life ahead of you, baby You've got your whole life ahead of you, baby They say if I can go back and do it again I wouldn't waste it all my money Wouldn't slept with all my friends But you did it cause you had your whole life ahead of you, baby And we'll have more from Eider a little bit later in the program. But now, if you can hear the, the clinking of, of glasses, come on, Rob, you have to shake the table a little bit. Over, oh, yeah, over that, 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 was, that was your Rock cue, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, well, it's, 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 of course, the sound of, of some very, very uh, beautiful uh, tall drinks uh, that we have at the other end of the table. I'm very happy to say that, that Neil Ridley is here, isn't he, Andrew? He is. And uh, Neil and his business partner, Joel Harrison, are the founders of the Global Drinks Guide, World's Best Spirits. And later on this year, he's also releasing a new book called The World Atlas of Gin. And I think you've been using it as a roadmap for your life, haven't you, Rob? Yes, it's been much travelled. I've got some pins on the map. Um, I've ticked most of them off. We'll see what Neil thinks about that later on. And helping us turn those uh, long drinks short um, will be uh, Melanie Arnold, one half of the food duo Arnold and Henderson, who will be joining us to keep us firmly in the world of food and drink. Welcome, both of you. Um, very, very, very nice uh, to see you in this sweltering uh, summer that we're having. Uh, seems most of the northern hemisphere, uh, yeah. anyway. Um, anyway, putting us uh, in in the mood for the Monocle uh, Summer Series. Uh, first of all, we should probably just start with with both of you. How's uh, part one of summer been for you so far? Pretty extraordinary, actually. Yeah, we've been extraordinary. Working, yeah, I would say so. We've been working pretty hard on on this gin book, The World Out of Gin. So that involved a lot of travel. We've been kicking back a bit now. Actually, the work has been done. So we've been making many of the, the drinks that we were talking about in the book, and yeah, really enjoying uh, the fruits of our labour. I suppose you could say. And Neil, just on on the book, the, the, you have this new World Atlas of Gin coming out. I guess every country thinks that they're kind of the owner of gin and you don't need an atlas. In London, everyone thinks, what do you mean there's gin made outside of the UK? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a strange thing now because we were looking at this for, for about 18 months now and there's, about, there's certainly nearly 60 countries that are making gin. Of course, its heartland really is the UK. Uh, it tr- can trace its origins back to, to Holland as well. But yeah, there's a little bit of flavour that's going in, a little bit of unique flavour from, from everywhere now and, and people are trying to make make it their very own spirit. Well, I've got more questions about that in a moment, but... <laughs> I'm going to try and answer them all. Um, <laughs> Melanie, coming from the Rochelle Canteen, which people will know in Shoreditch, and the Rochelle Canteen and Bar, um, the ICA's oh, the in-house wonderful, wonderful restaurant as well. Gin is... It's a good drink. It's a good to, good to have a gin menu, right? I mean, this it does yeah. good I mean, business, especially in London. Yeah. yeah, and gin and tonic in the summer is just fantastic. 
I mean, it's good all year round, actually, but... <laughs> she corrects but, herself. <laughs> <laughs> but you can have even more ice in it in the summer, and yeah. it's just... And then you also drink it really quickly before the ice melts too much, makes it all watery, but, yeah, we love gin. Sage advice, Melanie. <laughs> drink it quick. And that, and it, is, it, is it kind of one of the bedrocks of, of the bar, then, at, uh, at the ICA? I would say, yeah, you know, definitely. And, and Negroni as well. Yeah, know, exactly. That's another one it of our starts, favourite drinks. Yeah, yeah. Starts with Everything gin. starts with Negroni. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to rewind very quickly, though. And just for our listeners who, who might be stretched out in Cannes or uh, listening on the other side of the land who are not familiar with the canteen, maybe just set it up for us because, of course, it has a big name within London and, of course, people know it maybe elsewhere in Europe. But uh, maybe just give us the, uh, the the 10-second pitch for those who aren't familiar with what you, <laughs> what you developed and, and did. <laughs> OK. So we started at Rochelle Canteen in Shoreditch, which is a converted bike shed in an old playground. So it was all tarmac when we were first there, but now it's got this incredible mature garden. We've got grapes hanging down outside, so it's like being in Greece on a day like today. And we serve very British food, very seasonal. There's quite a lot of continental influence on it as well, actually. Terrines and Riette and all sorts of things. In the summer, we do loads of barbecues. It's great. Having been able to have barbecue outside your own place is quite unusual in London. Hmm. Yeah, was, and then we opened at the ICA two years ago. It's our second summer there now. That original base, when it first opened, I know, I know here when we used to interview anybody who was going to be in the magazine, we said, can we meet you at a restaurant there? So, well, how about the Rochelle container? We got to the point where you had to say, no, you have to choose somewhere else because you had, you had the art community you had yeah. lots of creatives working yeah. around you Fashion as well. Fashion and design, yeah. Has that changed as the, as the city has evolved? Is there still a good arts community kind of embedded but, around yeah, you? Yeah, there is actually. But we have, we have a really quite a wide range of people who come. You know, students, old people, arts people. And a similar crowd who rocks up at the ICA? Did you have to adapt your, the, the food and drink you did when you, you headed no, there? No, not at all. I mean, we have different head chefs and places but Ben who's our head chef at the ICA he worked with us for a few years before at the canteen and he's great even room for the barbecue as well well, we can't do barbecue at the ice cream. <laughs> okay. Your neighbour, uh, your neighbour down the other end of the mall. Yeah, yeah we've been drawn in yeah. by the smell of. Uh, by we the want, smell of yeah, we keep wanting to try and deliver, her, you know, takeaway suppers. But so far, she hasn't uh, hasn't requested it. <laughs> well, it. In, in the spirit of uh, takeaway, the, there's there are some lovely fine drinks. I think there, I can see from here anyway. There's a there's four to sample, which is uh, which is good. Uh, you know, do you want to set us up? Um, who gets what? Um, and and, and what, have, what have we got here? So I've made a little selection here. Um, and what we're looking at is, being that we've got a hugely hot summer ahead of us and behind us now, it's about spritzes. It's about refreshing long drinks. Uh, mixing in a little bit of the classic with something new as well. Um, so the very first one we've got here, um, I'll pass this around to you actually. This is a take on... A Negroni, so our classic favourite drink, uh, the drink du jour, if you like, at the moment. But I've simply lengthened this with Prosecco as well, garnish it with a bit of basil. It's a way of making it a little bit more boozy, but it's refreshing. <laughs> and if you want to start your, your evening off in style, I think, then... I wouldn't just go for Prosecco these days. It's become a bit too uh, well-known. It's a bit Kath Kidson for me. That It's a sort of... <laughs> you know, pimp it up a bit, I think, is the key yeah. I'm trying to say there, really. So. Yeah, I, I, I like that of the Kath Kidson of beverages, or is, or is, or is it a put-down anyway? Mm. Uh, and, and, Neil, in fact, uh, a point that many raise, you know, the Negroni, the last couple of summers have been the summer of the Negroni. Is that... 
accident? Is that is that booze companies knocking on people's doors? How come it's suddenly, you know, a, a, you know, a couple of summers ago, it was only Aperol spritzes, sure. and then suddenly it's everyone, oh, no, I, I'm, I'm an agroni drinker. How did that happen? I think there's a lot of um, fascination with classic drinks. There always has been, really, certainly for the last decade anyway. And when you start drilling into how these were put together, the stories behind them, I think people become really infatuated with them. And I think the Negroni was one of those classic drinks. The, the old-fashioned was the same in Manhattan. And because gin was having this sort of, and still continues to have this real moment in the sun, people are looking at these very simple drinks. I mean, Negroni, they, they call it the sort of the airport cocktail. You can go to an airport lounge. You're always going to be able to find Campari, vermouth and gin. And... You know, you can make it whatever sort of receptacle you like, but it's a very, very simple, equal parts. Airport um, cocktails, that's it. There you go. He's been inside my suitcase. It's, it's my next book, that one, yes. Yeah, so. But it's a great drink. It's 100 years, actually, since the Negroni was purportedly invented uh, this year. OK, we, we, we need to get these drinks um, spinning around the table a little yeah, bit yeah, faster. Sorry. Um, I, I want to ask both of you, Melanie, start. What did, do, you, do you have a take on, you know, in a lot of hotel rooms now, you have these very, very nice decanters with pre-mixed drinks in them. I mean, what is your view about going to the mini bar and the Negroni um, is is already sorted out for you? I've never actually seen that, but I have to say, I do tend to hit the mini bar a bit if I'm away working. <laughs> you know, you come back from the day or the night or whatever and it's all just like, whoosh, relax. And so... If it's done for you, you're right and with that. And so I think if I did find a pre-mixed cocktail in there, I'd be quite keen. And, and <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe just tell us what, what, is, what is coming around the table now. What, what is your take on this, on these pre-mixed drinks, though? Um, do you... I think when they're done really well, actually, when people have thought about the ingredients and the measures as well, this is yeah. the thing. Um, there's a few quite good ones coming out at the moment where people have really thought about the recipe and the longevity of it in the can or whatever. But, yeah, uh, yeah I'm a big fan of those. I mean... I, be honest, I prefer making them at home myself anyway. Enough booze. So, tell me, what is this? So Rob's this... already had it. Rob? Um, what is in there? I think that's uh, a very light rummy one. We... Uh, not a bad guess, actually. Um, this is a, I would say, a French spritz. So, what this is, it's actually Calvados. Uh, okay. So, this has got Calvados and a slightly fermented apple juice. It's a, it's a thing called double jus from a, 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 a a distiller called 30 and 40 and this has got um, some of that in there a small measure of that then some chocolate bitters some spiced bitters and I've lengthened that with cremant which uh, is Ooh, really yeah. is the sort of sparkling wine of of, uh, of of du jour if you like really at the moment this is the classic cocktail that could get you very drunk because actually when you yeah. drink it it just tastes like you're having a nice kind of like cordial or something and then yeah. suddenly no I'll have another three of those please yeah Robert, no, no, no. That's another story for another day. Yeah, and you get that faint <laughs> oh, no, that flavor is... of chocolate through it. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are those both the same that are coming? Yeah, yeah. No, I just made two. Of those. Oh, you made two of those. All right. It's so, sort of tartar tan you're, you're and glass. Back. Back. No, no. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to say, you know, that I would. I. It's nice, but it's a bit. I find it a bit too musty for me. There's something. Maybe it's the chocolate bit. I don't know. Could, could you like that, Andrew? Could be the sage well, actually I, as well. So. I, I kind of like. You see, I do. I do like a Negroni. A Negroni is very grown up, isn't it? There's the bitterness mm. and things, which yeah. sometimes. I don't mind something that's a bit kind of sweeter, actually. Okay. What are you, what are you calling this now? Just a, a French, French spritz. French, French spritz. spritz. It's got a kind of a nice alcoholic lolly quality to it. <laughs> I mean, a very sophisticated <laughs> lolly. Sophisticated <laughs> alcoholic lollies. I like this. Sophisticated <laughs> alcoholic lolly. Yeah, it seems that uh, you know, there's gin because it was made within like f- you know five miles of the Tower of London and gin because it's the first gin made in Birmingham. Everyone's got some claim to fame. I, I, it seems to be the simplest drink for somebody to kind of make... 
is it good that what we're getting sold when you you get to try all these different gins? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I presume that you you have some favourites. Oh, oh, should we be going for bespoke or actually some of the the big players making the best gins now? No, I think what what's happening at the moment we've got probably the best gin we're going to be seeing for for decades really at the moment there's a real quality coming through with some of the craft distillers yes of course there's lots and lots of them i mean it's like a hydra you cut one head off and another 10 sprout up really or nine sprout up but what's happening in gin is people are learning from the real masters and i would say there's absolutely no reason to not drink your classic brands so your tanquerays your beef eaters they've existed for the test of time they are genuinely brilliant and they've led a course of new distillers to really uh, as the benchmark if you like um gin's getting a bit wacky i think it will calm down again and people will really start to focus on what's really necessary in, in the bottle the booze part of the, the story of, of having a meal uh, what's your 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 take on that do you like people to be coming you know because they're going to get a great wine or things or do you think they should be kind of secondary almost to the the, the food experience that you're having i think they go hand in hand i mean if i go out i quite like to have something to drink first as well yeah, the French often used to have Chambry down in the pub for yeah. going for me, which is just a great, beautiful drink. Um, and yeah, wine's a huge part of your dinner or lunch, whatever. And, when and, you, when and you, you want it to be. I mean, I, I can't afford to drink massively expensive wines. Um, so that's one of the nice things about a restaurant is there. <laughs> Cheaper for the owner. We should probably for the drinks. Just so in the so interest of, of time, we should probably get that. Uh, what's that, that last uh, yes, drink? Yes, uh, the ice the is rapidly melting in yeah. the heat. But uh, um, so this one, a little bit more sophisticated. If you imagine your evening going from the very start with that sort of twist on Negroni into something a bit more complex with the the Calvados and Cremont. This is a rye whiskey. So this is uh, from um, it's a whiskey called Millstone, made in in Holland. Uh, rye based matured in sherry cask but this is then I blended that with some Paolo Cotado sherry and uh, some orange bitters as well and it's lengthened in uh, with tonic much in the same way that a highball would be so you're getting dryness there mm. nuttiness especially on a finish as well yeah. um, a lovely way to drink whiskey I think people often look at a whiskey and go oh, you know it's going to be too strong mm. this is a 50% ABV whiskey but you just blend it beautifully with other ingredients really Andrew is that uh, is that grown up enough for you you see this is this is properly grown up I would only have one of these you don't he says. Yes. No, I would. I would, I would have one of these. Says, no. yeah, there are certain cocktails which are just danger slides. You, you, you kind of get on at the top and you kind of like shoot out at three o'clock in the morning. And then you're like, what happened there? And then, then, then there we've, are, we've, we've seen a few of those. Let's, oh, just before let me, we go. Let me pass this to Melody yeah. so she can have, she wet her whistle. Before we say goodbye... Um, we, we do a little quiz um, in, in the program. And it's, 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 it's a very simple quiz. It's a summer theme. We get to choose one one or the other, but we're, we're putting you in a, in a beach. We start with a beach setting. So put yourself in sort of a seaside summer mood. Rob is going to ask you the first question. I think it pertains to, to the beach. And so I'll start, yeah, I'll start with Melanie. So this is, this is beach. This is easy. It's, this isn't, I was going to ask you what's your favourite drink? What's the best thing you've made from the minibar? Well, you're cogitating on that. Sand or stone in terms of beach? Sand. I get to ask you a bit more daring question. Uh, <laughs> Great. Tight, loose, or nothing at all? Ooh, I like this. Um, <laughs> I would say right now, nothing at all. Actually. Okay. Yeah. I wondered why you Ladies and gentlemen. Like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Melanie, red, white, or rosé? Rosé. End the summer. Um, yes. Neil, France, Spain, or Italy? Definitely France. Melanie, wind or horsepower? You've had a little boat. 
Wind. Yes. You, uh, get, you get a star for that one. <laughs> uh, Neil, uh, friends or a five star? Ooh, that's tricky. Um, Think mini bar. Oh, in that, in that case, unquestionably five star, I would think. <laughs> All at sea, or rather be on firm ground? Sea. Oh. Um, and also, Neil, are you into sun-uppers or sundowners? We're not talking about prescription drugs. <laughs> Bam, there again. Go. Um, I would say, yeah, no, no, sundowners, yeah. Okay, so. okay. Melanie, you're, you're on the beach. Eavesdrop or AirPods in your ear? Eavesdrop, for sure. And well, be careful with this one because there's there's an ejector seat if you say the wrong thing. But anyway, book or backlit? Think about it. Think about it. Oh no, he's going to go the wrong way. Oh, no, very difficult because I, I I have a plethora of books that I've written. So what could I do? Can I choose both? Or is that that's impossible? You you can have both, but so you just no. turn up naked, Andrew. Yeah, I mean I've, I've made all the effort. Um, I I would have to say book. I'm afraid. Good, that's what we want. Oh, we good. Want, well, there we, we are. Book. We want we like paper here. Um, well, Melanie, uh, Arnold, and Neil really have a very good summer. Uh, thanks uh, for swinging uh, round. When we come back, and of course you're listening to the Monocle Summer Series, we're going to be um, we're going to be invited. Well, inviting in, but also hearing uh, from uh, the gentleman from Barcelona's Primavera Festival. But first, um, I think across back to the studio, we have Ider back. This is Brown Sugar. Remember when you made me feel less? I'd be feeling kind of anxious every time I'd undress. But I, I don't really worry about it now. I don't really want to worry about it now that I... Feel you feeding me, keeping it right Now you love me better than ever And I'm filling you with light So I, I don't really worry about it now I don't really wanna have to worry about it now Gotta chase me a little bit blatantly if you wanna fetch me down Yeah, I'm, I'm so deep, I'm swimming in your sound Flashback, you were three, if only you could see me now Sweet saliva and I 
And that was Eider with Brown Sugar. And speaking of music, um, when we think of pop acts and, and summer and music, we have to think of Primavera Sound, don't we? Always. Always think of Primavera Sound. Pablo Soler co-founded Primavera Sound in 2001. He studied law in Barcelona, but after trying his hand at a, as a criminal lawyer, soon decided to work in the music business instead. We doff our cap to that sentiment. Mm. <laughs> and, uh, and Daniel Fletcher is also here, and he's collaborated with Primavera Sound throughout its history and is now Chief Innovation Officer. He's also Associate Professor at IE School of Architecture and Design in Madrid. Primavera is the one that got the, is the, is the city festival. It's the one that got it right. It's the one that seems to be part of the city, the cities in which it is, which are Barcelona and Porto. Next year, we, I'm not spoiling anything. Welcome, guys, by the way. <laughs> show, show, tell our listeners Happy that you're here. here. Yeah, so next year, you, you're going to be in Los Angeles. But if I were to define it, before we ask you to, I would say that it's the thing that seems to uh, give and take with the city in which it's in, which is a very rare thing. It doesn't just touch down like a UFO, you know, and, and, <laughs> right. and then everyone kind of turns up and has a great party and, 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 and listens to the music and yeah. then disappears. You've got a more organic approach. Pablo, maybe you can tell us. How that, how that, by hook and by crook, how that happened? <laughs> well, uh, I don't know. You, you, if you want to do that kind of event into a city, it's, it's. Mm, I mean, it's uh, you're pushing people around. You are making a lot of noise. You are, yeah. Uh, yeah. So we always thought. I mean, we had to start having a, you know, both ways, uh, giving something and getting something out of Barcelona. Barcelona is a very attractive city in itself. So we, we, you know, we wanted to settle there and, 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 and consolidate. So we started working with the city council, working with the neighborhoods, we're working with the youth clubs and, uh, and, and building something that you know, helped us manage the situation with the neighbors and build a longer relation. <laughs> Don't forget, just... he's trained as a criminal lawyer, everybody. <laughs> 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 always helps. Uh, you know. <laughs> Back <laughs> the, to mind, but only until the, There's always criminals in every neighborhood. So. <laughs> 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 it helps. And Daniel, when when <laughs> you moved to Porto, the other interesting thing is whenever I speak to somebody who's from that city, they're really they love this festival, and it feels they they kind of feel it's, it's theirs. They don't feel that you know a Spanish company came and opened up a music festival. How does that work? That you you somehow hand over ownership of the event to the city? Actually, when when we decided to move to Porto, we looked for a local promoter who had already that uh, close relationship with the municipality and, and with the communities there. That's the way we, we were implemented in, in Porto. We, we didn't land 
they are like a new UFO, as, as you mentioned before. Yeah. Uh, we worked with a uh, local promoter who had already that re uh, kind of relationship with, uh, with the city and the, the communities there. And the people who come to the festivals for Primavera, you know, we're here in the UK, you know, obviously our summer is a bit dominated by the likes of Glastonbury and we see these huge epic events in fields. Mm -hmm. But there's been a huge rise up at these smaller festivals which seem to be about everything music plus their music plus literature or their music plus you know well-being their music plus kind of glamping whatever where do you sit in that range of events pablo yeah. uh, well from the start we always fo focused on music and we are uh, I, i like to say we are radical in that sense we our, our main thing is music and then whatever uh, helps us make the experience for the For the artists and for the festival goers, better we we implement. But we, our, our our plots or our, our content is music, and we don't have distractions. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Daniel, I'm I'm curious. Well, what's for both of you? I mean, this is also, and Andrew sort of hinting at this is sort of the the era of of the event, and and we we even feel you know as 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 a magazine and a media company, if everyone was sort of looking at your sort of digital social strategy. Uh, a few years ago, I think everything is sort of really sort of like, what is your sort of your social strategy in terms of getting people together? Everybody wants an event today. And I'm wondering, are you in the business? I don't know, maybe you have like this massive sort of, you know, tennis racket in the office where these inquiries come in, you're sort of batting them away because I, would, I must think there's so many cities that are probably sort of pitching to say, yes, can you come along? You know, we want to make this, you know, an annual, biannual, whatever uh, in, in our city center. Well, uh, actually, we, 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 we've been invited by um, some cities to, to do a similar event. But uh, before we take the decision to go to a, to a city, uh, we want to make sure that uh, we can bring the vibe and, and the way and the values that we, uh, that we have in our own, our own events. Uh, if we don't see that clearly, we better think twice before... Uh, moving forward. Yeah, what are the qualities that you look for? I mean, you're going to Los Angeles next year, next year, isn't it? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, obviously, we, that's got a beating heart, but I think of when um, something like the Freeze Art Fair went to New York because it kind of saw a niche, it saw an opportunity of something that wasn't necessarily being done. Is that, I mean, obviously, Coachella is there and there, there's a very strong music scene there, but what do you, what's the opportunity in Los Angeles, for example? Um, well, you know, we don't want to um, reproduce the festival everywhere you have to look for the perfect spots where you can achieve the complete experience and and those you, you need you need an environment where music is going to be understood also so los angeles definitely has it uh, the way we the way we program and the way we approach to headliners and to smaller bands they're gonna it's a, it's a place where they're gonna get it also you you have to consider the environment the local environment in terms of other festivals going on there's a space for that kind of product even though like in barcelona there's hundreds of events and several big events such as primavera but um, we would still have our own space there so we that's what we think also we need i know to be urban not no camping site and to achieve like production standards that we feel like we feel comfortable with and so on yeah there's a point there's a point um which 
Andrew and Tyler might also enjoy about this. It's a city festival, as you said. There's no campsites. <laughs> Tyler, this is a festival at which everyone has had a wash. I see you down. Yeah. I see you in the mosh. Yeah, see, see you down there. <laughs> uh, Pablo, maybe just they have access to plumbing, Rob, which is, which is great news. Pablo, maybe just sticking with you for a second. In the, the week, say before the event in Barcelona, what is that week like for you? Is there do you go to bed at all? Are you just panicking all the time that someone's going to cancel? Or? I'm happy to say that with our, our working uh, culture, it's quite relaxed and laid back, even even at the, at the days before the festival. It's true, we've been doing that for 20 years already, so that helps a little bit. And a big part of our team, it's been there for uh, all these 20 years. But if you start running around and shouting to everyone, things are not going to get better usually <laughs> so, <laughs> so you just need to sleep calm down and, 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 make it work. and daniel a, a, a number between like one and a thousand how many people text you for free tickets in the final week <laughs> <laughs> bigger than a thousand i bet you <laughs> how many uh, how many people ask for them or yeah. how many get them get, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Get them. <laughs> you can tell us both both, both handsets one thousand and zero <laughs> <laughs> Well, gentlemen, Pablo Solera and Daniel Fletcher of Primavera Sound. Gentlemen, have a very, very good summer. Uh, Andrew, I think our, our, our Rob Bound, if you, I don't know if you look around the corner, I think he's dashed uh, over to the studio for um, a little bit of eider. Thank you very much, Tyler. And I am with Meg and Lily from Ida. Thank you very Hi. much for a wonderful session. Lovely to have you. Thank uh, you. Here. Yeah, thanks. In chilly studio two, it's thirty-nine degrees outside in London. <laughs> Actually, quite cold. <laughs> but, but not in here. It's freezing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. In studio two, no one can hear you scream. It's like that. It's like the vacuum of space itself. Let's talk about emotional education. Congratulations on the great record. It came out recently. Thank Got wonderful you. reviews all over the world, and it's a thing of great beauty and honesty. I think, but it's also okay. a thing of your your harmonies are what obviously our listeners will be hearing on this show as well. When you guys got together, how did you know that you were going to have almost blood harmonies, you know, like sister-sister harmonies? Yeah, harmonies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we didn't know. We met at university in our first year mm-hmm. on a music course, so and we got put into a group together. So quite early on, we were singing together, and it was just like an instant chemistry, you know? It was completely like... We just knew that we'd found something good. Was there a kind of sudden meeting of eyes and a nod? That's how I like <laughs> we to see like... it. In the kind of cartoon version, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. in my mind. That's yeah. what and, like. and, a, and a golden light shone <laughs> throughout the room. That's what we want. You can mock it, but you've clearly got it, so you, <laughs> can't, then, di- you can't diss it. It was kind of magical, though, like because it, it, it was... We weren't expecting to, to, I don't know, meet someone else, you know, who, who we could write with yeah. and perform with you know we kind of we, we went on this course as solo musicians I guess if you like so yeah it was quite like a magical moment when we first started singing together mm. and it's quite it's obviously a very honest thing when you have to and the way you know watching you guys here perform your tracks obviously there has to be a lot of mutual and musical understanding you're mm. you're, you're making eye contact and trying not to all the time I suppose you've got to focus on your part how much of is the writing process like that as well? Like like how you play live? Yeah, I mean our writing process. <laughs> no, I sit in my room and I <laughs> don't answer the phone. There for is days. a do not disturb <laughs> sign on the door okay. for weeks. Uh, okay, well, it's just nice to see where it <laughs> finishes and ends. You know, it starts <laughs> and finishes. Oh, that's so good. It's it's pretty chaotic to be honest, and it's it's different for every song. 
you know, sometimes we'll write very mutually in the room together or sometimes it will be that Lily brings a song to me and then I kind of act as like an editor or vice versa. So it really differs. Yeah, so I don't know, it's hard to... We live together as well and that's what we've written our album at home in our like shared music bedroom place it's amazing i love the idea of this yeah so it is very kind of like it's kind of there's no structure and there's no formula and it doesn't really we can't really remember where things were written or how things came about i think that's a good thing all all people want to know people all people probably ask you that question they want to know they think that you have well we turn up you know some people kind of treat it like working in the brill building in the 60s where you you know you're a songwriter (laughs) for hire and you wear a you wear a clip-on tie and you go and you basically write lyrics and stuff but it's nice to not know where it comes from i suppose because yeah you kind of keep in the habit of it and it keeps on happening so we're talking kind of summary stuff and that means touring and festivals and things like that. Mm. You guys have got some big gigs. I know you're playing the Apollo here in London at mm. the end of the year. Big gig. What about everywhere else? Where do you like to travel to? Where have you been where the crowds have gone wild? Where are you looking forward to going to? Where have summer? we been? We've had actually just an incredible weekend. Just gotten. We were. Got nothing to do with music. It's just brilliant. Yeah, we just had a great time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't care. It's hot weekend. Yeah, exactly. Summertime. Can't tell you all about it, but yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll hint that it was pretty good. It's pretty big. Okay. No, we went to. It was the weekend of the album release, and we went to Melt Festival in Germany, which is it's about an hour outside of Berlin, mm-hmm. which is amazing you know it's a really incredible festival and we all always have a great reception in Germany we've been there quite a lot actually over the last few months and also over the last year we seem to have really great gigs out there there's really good crowds and people love music there's a real genuine love for for music and then we went to Latitude Festival straight from Melt which Uh was also amazing such a buzz yeah that's a proper kind of british country mm. countryside festival yeah very that's different kind of good vibes. yeah it was yeah. so classic <laughs> and yeah it's classic <laughs> yeah i mean you know obviously the twain the never the twain shall meet do you get germans do they favor the welly do you know what? I don't think I've ever seen. I have not seen the wellington boot i think they've kind Germany. of died out a bit at festivals now that's, that's yeah okay. but also I don't know, the weather's just better out there, isn't it? You don't really <laughs> need a welly. Tends to be. <laughs> One welly. <laughs> exactly. And then you, I mean, it's a funny thing, when you, you obviously, you, you, you live together, you work together, and you've got this sort of studio space in your in your flat in North London. When you take it on the road, how does that feel? Is that like the vindication for, for writing this thing over the winter and whatever, and through the seasons? Then you get to perform it on stage in the summer months and take it to festivals and stuff. How does it feel doing it live? It's a pretty basic question, but I always want to know what that's like. Yeah, no, we, we absolutely love playing live and we love touring. Mm. I think that... Yeah, you know, tour, t- playing live is, is amazing. Touring can get difficult, as any artist and band would, will, will say. I think that when you're with your best mate, it is what makes it kind of great and fun. And we always kind of, we always have a laugh. So, yeah, being out and playing playing the, the, the songs and playing this record to, you know, crowds at a festival is like the best feeling ever. It just gives like... It gives purpose to what you're doing and meeting people and, and meeting fans and, and, and people who are connecting to the music in a physical, like in a physical way. Like Pretty. we're so used to like meeting people online or like social media and stuff. You just, you can't beat the actual, real the, phys, the real thing. Yeah. And it brings, it brings it all to life. 
Yeah, there's a lot of love. There's a lot of love at these festivals. And especially for your music, those harmonies bring people together, I'm sure. And yeah. it's lovely to see the kind of friendship and understanding and musical understanding that you guys have on stage as mm. well. It's it's wonderful. Wonderful to behold. Meg and Lily, Ida, thank you very much indeed. Congratulations on emotional education. Thanks. Powers to your elbow. Have a wonderful summer. Thank you very much. <laughs> you thank too. you. Rob. Thank you. And that brings us to the end of uh, this season of the, the Summer Series. Andrew, have you enjoyed it? I love it. And it's been good to get the uh, the old team back in the studio. Yeah. We've I think we want, we want bigger studios. We want to go to more places. But um, this series uh, has been very ably and efficiently produced uh, by Holly Fisher. Do look out for some winter episodes. They're going to be coming up uh, around the Christmas season. Always, of course, in lockstep with our seasonal uh, newspapers uh, as well. So we look forward to a little bit of mulled wine, some some jumpers, salopettes. Andrew, you like a sled, don't you? I've heard. Matus <laughs> Morale. Well, I think we're going to have a lot of sledding stories. I will uh, tell that story again <laughs> about you and me. Yes, yes. Uh, anyway, it's uh, goodbye from me, Tyler Berlay, also Andrew Tuck and Robert Bound. And here to play us out uh, one more time, Eider with Mir. Goodbye. I can't stop looking in the mirror Do I really make that face? Can you remind me what I look like? Now I'm alone in my own place. Heal me, heal, heal me, heal, heal me, heal, heal me. You chose to leave, you chose to leave, you chose to leave. I keep looking in the mirror till I see myself. I see myself. Trying so hard to forget you When were you lost online? I should pretend I never met you I'm still so desperate all the time People leave, people let down
people show up, roll up, people grow up, people move out, people disappear, people don't change, people rearrange, people miss the game, people lose, people try, people like can't look you in the eye, people suck, people fuck, people leave their shit behind, people throw up on the carpet, people trip up on the stairs, people laugh, people dare, people scare, people tell you what to wear, people jump, people sing, people float, people think, people fail, people hate, but they don't know.